Shalom. Welcome to the Christchurch Jerusalem Bible Study, where we wrestle with God's Word. For more information on the church, to listen to sermons, to contact us, or to make a gift, visit ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, to the Galilee, where we are wrestling with the Epistle of the Galatians. We're in chapter 4 tonight as Paul is uh, describing the treasure that uh, the promise of God has come to the Gentiles and they are no longer obligated under the works of the law. So we will begin acknowledging that the Spirit is present, God is King, uh, through prayer. Father in heaven, we delight uh, that uh, you have sent the Redeemer. We delight to have given us faith. We delight that you have loved this world so much that you have come and dwelt once again amongst your people. We pray, Lord, for your spirit. We acknowledge your kinship and presence. We pray for your wisdom to speak to us, to teach us, to continue to make us better students and followers and disciples of the Messiah, better examples to the world, better lights to the nations, to the honor and glory of your name, to the expansion of your kingdom. So we pray you protect us, protect our families, protect those that uh, we care for, and protect those, Lord. Um, that we love so very much. Uh, we ask this through the name of the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Okay. So last week we um, uh, did we finished off Galatians three verses twenty one to twenty nine, and here's a rough summary from our discussion. According to the Torah, God had promised Abraham that through his descendants all the nations, that is the Gentiles of the world would be blessed. In particular, the unique single seed of Abraham referenced the coming Messiah that would redeem the world through the Lord. The physical Torah itself appeared later in history to Moses and prior in time to the Messiah and was given specifically to the people of Israel. Israel were instructed to be a distinct people that would bring light to the nations. As people were drawn to the monotheistic faith of Israel, they would come into contact with the teaching and instruction, the Torah, of God. Exactly how Gentiles participate in Torah has oscillated through Israel's history. Now that the promised Messiah had indeed arrived and ascended to heaven, what role does the Torah play in the life of the believer? And was the Torah actually in opposition to the good news of the Redeemer? The answer to which Paul replies, absolutely not. The Torah was not the device by which anyone was made righteous. And we can see that in Psalm 143. Rather, it is the ethics and moral code by which Israel is to live by. God imputes righteousness, not the Torah. However, the laws from heaven remain by definition Holy, just, and good. King David says he meditates on God's word day and night. However, his righteousness is imputed by God, not through his personal studies. The Torah turned the light on what was good, what was bad. The Torah was and is an expression of God's will. It is only if you assume falsely that the Torah was given by God to impute righteousness and that it itself is the source of life that you then infer 
that the Torah was against the promises of God to Abraham. And some people were doing that. Recall that the Torah was given to Israel. And Paul is speaking here to Gentiles. And this always has to be factored in when working out who we are talking about in Galatians. Jewish people already have a relationship with God. Paul then describes the situation prior to the Messiah. Torah was the guardian, sometimes described as a shield or as a tutor or a schoolmaster, not in a negative way. References to imprisonment, protective custody, guardian, shield, or schoolmaster, discussed a whole slew of those meanings, are referenced in a way to positively remove people from sin, harm, and moral danger. The defense against idolatry and immorality were the teachings and the instructions of God. Following the advent of the Messiah, the Torah continues to operate in the hearts of the believers. It's not abolished, neglected, unread, or removed from the Bible. Instead, the Torah takes its place upon the heart exactly where it was meant to be. Deuteronomy 6.6 6 says, And these words, which I command you today, shall be upon your heart. Recall that the Torah was given to Israel. Paul is commenting that Jews were originally the ones with the guardian or the shield of the Torah. And Jewish people, as much as Gentiles, are now under the guardianship of the Messiah and his spirit. And Gentiles, as much as Jewish people, have the Torah written upon their hearts. Israel had a special relationship with God and was called the sons of God. Now, too, could Gentiles join in that relationship through the faithfulness of the Messiah. The distinctions between Jews and Gentiles disappear before the Messiah. His salvation and redemption are open and available to all. This does not remove distinctions altogether. Males remain males. Females remain females. And despite modern-day insanity that disregards the science of biology, there really are only two genders. Jesus redeems and righteousness is imputed by God. However, this does not automatically change your social economic status. You still have to work hard to make a million dollars. Jews and Gentiles likewise also remain Jews and Gentiles. If you belong to the Messiah, no one needs to bewitch you into getting circumcised to be accepted by the Jewish community. And so we begin to have a look at uh, Galatians chapter 4. I won't read the whole, whole chapter because um, obviously I don't think we're going to be able to get to the whole thing. So perhaps we'll read the first uh, maybe 11 verses and then see how we go. If we, if we get through it, we'll, we'll read uh, some more. And so um, Galatians chapter 4, it's given the title, although there's no titles in the actual original text, Sons and Heirs, because uh, he's just finished off in chapter 3 discussing that we were heirs according to the promise of and he wants to flesh that out. <clears throat> so, he, so he writes, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, 
God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. So let's have a look at uh, verses one to three, where we're talking about the idea of uh, being an heir. Uh, as long as he is a child, this is the heir we're talking about, he is no different from a slave. Although he is the owner of everything, he is under a guardian, he has managers until the appointed time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved by the, in the elementary principles of this world. Having established that true heirs, that is of the promises, the Gentiles and Jews are the true heirs, those who emulate the faithfulness of Abraham. Those are the heirs of the promise, both Jews and Gentiles. Now Paul likes to elaborate with an example of heirs and slaves. So in terms of an heir, describe an heir. What does an heir do? Or what does an heir have coming to him? It's an interesting little metaphor. Inheritance. It's an inheritance. So when do you get an inheritance? The death or the parent. You, you have to wait till dad dies. Then you can inherit. So we're heirs. So how are we heirs? Because usually the condition of an heir to inherit anything is there's got to be a death. So play that one out. It's just by relationship. It's not by what we do or did. No, of course not. An heir is not by what you do or did. An heir is by a relationship, correct? But we have had a death because Hebrews says that Christ died. Yes. And so there was that death. Correct. Absolutely. So there, and so and so, Sharon, you're correct. The being an heir has nothing to do with doing. Is your it's a relationship, father son, um, uh, and then this heir is grouped with another with another typology. He's grouped with slave. Okay? Now, why would he do such a thing? Why would you group uh, an heir and a slave together? An heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, although he's the owner of everything. Now, what is, why would he say such a thing? Well, what do you think he means by, by this saying? So let's, just, let's, let's, let's pretend that there's a, a, an owner of a large estate. He owns a vineyard, lots of vineyards. He's got slaves working his vineyard. He's got some hired workers as well. He's got a family. He's got a young son. His young son is heir. And here, Paul is saying it's the same status as a slave, which is what? The son, does the son own anything? No. Not really. Not yet. Not yet. Right. Not yet. So while he's in the stage of not yet, what's physically happening to him? What, does he, what does his daily life look like? He's 
But if we look at if we look at Christ on this, we see Christ was a son, and yet he was, he said, Father, I come to do your will. And so we've been tutored and we've been discipled and we've been taught how yeah. to be a responsible heir. Sure, to be yes, to be a responsible heir, which we, we only get when we when we when when the inheritance comes. So for a brief moment in time, the son is treated in the same way as slaves. Not that he is a slave, but He's told what to do. He doesn't have, he's not independent. He can't dictate to his father what's going on. He is, he does exactly the same things as slaves do. Slaves have overseers. The son has an overseer. Could be his tutor, could be the guys teaching him things, could be just the guys guarding him so he doesn't get himself uh, in trouble when, he, when he's walking around. But Paul, sorry, was that Aaron? I thought you were done. Um, I said he's being prepared to be able to use his inheritance. He's getting prepared, getting prepped up. Yep. So he has um, this thing. He's no different from a slave, even though technically he owns everything, but he, he does and he doesn't. So um, he then uh, he says, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. And um, what would be, when would an heir or a young man be deemed a man. I mean, there's going to be two sets of traditions. There's going to be a Jewish tradition. There's going to be a, a sort of Greco-Roman tradition. Um, what's the coming of age ceremony for a Jew? Probably or not. The bar mitzvah. Okay? He has this um, sort of time around 13, 12, 13, something like that, where he becomes, uh, uh, goes through a process, a ceremony, and it's public, and he is deemed uh, a man. He takes on the obligations as a man and is treated uh, as a man in, in full respects. In Roman this passage states, states that the father has stated in advance, has fixed in advance the occasion. It's not necessarily a cultural or fixed date. The father decided already as part of the will. Correct. That in the, for the Greeks that are listening, what's the, the, the concurrent thing in their day actually is a ceremony and it is also fixed at an appointed time the, the greek the jews have one it's on your you know around your bar mitzvah whatever the romans have one it's called the uh, liberia service anyone heard of that i had to look it up okay. and um, on march the 17th that's when a son you ready for this was adopted by his father that's your public Thing. Yep, I had to look it up. I, I couldn't believe it when I read it in a commentary. It's oh, what a load of rubbish. And I had to go and look it up and say, okay, no, actually, it is true. And um, so Greeks also know, oh, there's this appointed thing. The father turns around. Okay, he's got a biological son, but he only publicly says it at this ceremony where he says, this, this actually is my son. And it's public, and he changes the headdress. They get this something that they were wearing on their head and they put something else on. Aaron, do you know any of this tradition? Only a little bit. I, I understand they also got a, a new outer garment to show that they were now a full citizen in their own right. Yes. So it was full citizenship, full sonship, and using the term adoption, even though they were already biologically there. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Liberia. You can look it up. It's very pagan. It's got nothing to do with, uh, like, God, God. But there's some very interesting customs that go in it. And it makes them, um, and it was around the age of, like, 15, 16. But it occurred on the 17th of March. It was like this special day, special appointed time. But as Arya is saying, God has an appointed time. Okay, it's not the 17th of March. It's not your bar mitzvahs. But it's that language that's being used describes that God has an appointed time to declare you adopted, declare you now heirs, and uh, with all of those rights and privileges that come. And so there's this uh, uh, special time that comes into it. So until then, who was watching over the guy? Right, the the little heir had a guardian or some sort of shield. So, of course, in chapter 3, who was the initial guardian for us? The law. Yeah, the Torah, the law. Okay, the, the schoolmaster, the, um, the protective custody, the shield, whatever names you want to say. But that's done. That's We've now got the appointed time has come. Something has happened. We're now, uh, we now change our status. Just to prove the point in verse 3, he says, in the same way, we're like that. We were like children. We were young, small. We didn't have rights. We weren't citizens. We, we, we didn't have the, the where for all to be able to look after ourselves. So we were kind of school tutored, protected, guarded, blah, 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 blah. But now, and what we were protected from, we were, we were enslaved okay, to the elementary principles of the world. I mean, don't you just love this, this language? What do you think he means by that? Probably um, beautiful Greek, Aria. Is it? Is it? Is that the one it, way? To it is. It yes. is, and it's also it's also challenging. Stoicheia here. Yes. Which which would be uh, first of all in Greek philosophies, element. These are the elementary elements of the world of which the Greeks listed four. I can hardly remember them, but it's earth, fire, uh, water, and sky, I believe. But it also. Uh, extended then and as we have it i believe it's in the book of colossians into the elementary spirits there were considered to be spirits behind these elements and paul agrees with them and it's in scripture so we must strongly recommend and consider to ourselves that they're right little worldly spirits to which the world is subject uh, under what the scripture calls powers and principalities in heavenly places. So there's an interlocking system of spirituality here that the world is under that Paul associates with the law. Does everyone, everyone understand what, what REA was talking about? But in, but in other scriptures, though, that those are associated with evil, though, eh? like Satan has dominion over the earth or, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Paul, is, that's what Paul is saying here. But the law, the law of God is not. So I think like later in verse four, like born under the law, he means the laws of God, the Torah. Yes, right? yes, yes. No. Yes, you're, you're, you're totally right, Sharon. We're actually all on the same page. What Paul is saying is while, while we're young and uh, sort of immature and whatever, we were guarded, okay, what are you guarded by? And, and Paul is very specific, is very interesting what he says, okay? We were children, we were enslaved, okay? We were bound up, we were, by what? By this thing called the elementary principles of the world. Yeah. It's incredible. Some commentaries really try and downplay it. 
Okay, they try and say, oh, that's just, you know, the ABCs of the universe, you know, uh, birth, death, life, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think REA's got it right. It's the, the Greeks did have a view that did, did um, put the world into like four, classification, four classifications, the basic elements of earth, wind, fire, and water, and then Within the body, they had like things like phlegm and blood and yeah, bile or something. I can't remember. It's all very bizarre, but it's, it works out well if you're thinking in Greek. But they also attributed um, spirits to these elements, and they gave them names. I mean, everything that that we would consider uh, an esoteric thought, like fate, they actually would say fate was actually a real spirit. You know. I, I, I was fated to meet you. You know, it was fate that we should meet today. Well, they would actually have fate being a spirit, a, a, a sort of a divine being. And, and not all of them very good, some of them demonic. And Paul says, actually, that's kind of right. And uh, as Arya is suggesting, we should probably take heed to what he is saying. And just so you don't want to think that the Jewish people also didn't think like this, some did. Not everybody, but some did. For example, in the Qumran scrolls, they also described that the elemental forces of nature were under control of the angel of darkness or the, the, under the servants of Belial. And uh, that's in, for those that want to have a reference, uh, 1, 1 QS, uh, fragment 3, verses 20 to 23, gives this sort of long description of the elemental forces of nature and puts them all as demonic, which is very similar to the way um, the Greeks were thinking. But in the Jewish world, they all attributed it to Satan. It, it wasn't just a generic uh, evil, evil deity. It was, um, it was the, the, the devil himself. It's a hell of a thing to be enslaved by. And getting back to the text, well, then I think that's his, his issue that he's talking about before our salvation and then when we're in Christ, right? Being in Christ is the parallel to coming out from being under the paedagogos who leads us to Christ as the teacher or the oikonom who manages the household on, on behalf of the father or the epitropos who is the overall commander of the affairs of the house. All of that goes away in Christ. Yeah, but. And all of that is true under the law and these elemental spirits. So yeah. what does it mean then to be, in verse 5, what does it mean to be redeemed, to redeem those under the law? Okay, to redeem those under the law. Paying a price to get them free. Yeah. But what law? Well, got to remember, the, we're, we're, the, the Torah, okay, it's, remember, the Torah isn't, doesn't disappear as soon as Jesus rises from the dead, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because the, what Bible are the Galatians reading? Septuagint. That's all they've done. Nothing. Like, they they're, they're reading, they're reading Septuagint. So even after Paul has come and preached to them, even after they have accepted the Messiah, even after they are filled with the Spirit and doing all kinds of miracles, the only Bible that they have to read is? Torah. Correct. So they're not throwing it away and going, oh, my gosh, we have nothing to read now. We shall wait for 100 years until we have a New Testament. Mm -hmm. That's not true. 
They are going to read the Torah. That's all they've got, but they're going to read it now in the light of the Messiah. The Torah still expresses the will of God. It is yeah. still a holy, just, and good document. Right. But it is not what imputes righteousness. He has been hammering right. that home in chapter 3 where he says, right. God imputes righteousness. The Torah never could. I, I argued with Peter and we had this clash. We were never going to be able to make it. But that doesn't mean that God says it's okay to murder. No. God's got lots of things to tell you in the Torah. It's got lots of history. It's got lots of prophecy. It's got lots of morals and ethics. But it is not the thing that is the thing that defends you against the, the enemy. It was a good shield. It was a tutor. It was a custodian. It doesn't to go bring away. Us to Christ, right? To bring us to Christ and to fulfill the promises of Abraham. No, the Torah doesn't do that. Messiah does that. The seed of Abraham was promised before the Torah. The Torah was your shield and your guardian. The Torah is meant to be written on your hearts. Even after the Messiah, remember, Jeremiah 31, 31. Uh, I'm going to break a new covenant with the house of Israel. They're great, fantastic. We've got a new covenant with the house of Israel. Well, what happens to the Torah? Where does it go? Hearts. It goes on your hearts. I think yeah. we need to distinguish between Torah as a list of rules and Torah as instruction here. God's, instruction, God's instruction moves directly to our heart. The book stays the book and the list of rules stays the list of rules. That's why he calls it the works of the Torah, where you go, I've got to get this and I've got to do that. And it's like, well, those things to create social standing and division and, and relationship, that's not true. But that doesn't mean that God's instruction wasn't good or just or, or holy. So these, these people in Galatia are going to go to church or synagogue, whatever you want, community, the very next Shabbat, whatever day they're going to meet, and they're going to only read Torah. That's all that they have. And There's they're going no to because it's the word of God. But yeah. what they're not going to do is they're not going to say, this is the thing that gives me righteousness. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things in the new covenant or you know whatever the the um brit hadasha there's a lot of things in the the new covenant that are not that, that a lot of things in the old that are not in the new it doesn't mean that we stop doing that or uh, for example bestiality you, you hear that in 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 the torah that's but great. we don't have that in the new testament does that mean oh then that's a good uh, you know good for all it's sure. not so. oh yeah i know i you you often get these arguments i wish people would stop but like slapping when they do They'll say, uh, Jesus never talked about homosexuality. Okay, that's true. Homosexuality is not in the, in the, in, um, in the Gospels. Don't, don't talk about it. Paul never quotes a Gospel, right? He never quotes one. You know, he doesn't say to the Galatians, now I'm sure you've read in Matthew chapter 6. Okay, there's no such thing. <laughs> Paul doesn't even know what the book of Matthew is. He's probably still trying to figure out what's Matthew doing and why haven't you written anything yet. You know, um, look at me, I'm riding like crazy. You know, so, but uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a. Hello, everyone. Yeah, go, Shinshan. Okay, um, I, I, I heard you talk about the adoption and um, talking about it's more like a Greek culture. Um, but I, I don't know because Paul mentioned it in, in the book of Ephesians. If we look at it, it says God decided in Ephesians 1 5. It says God decided in advance to adopt into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ 
this is what we wanted to do and give it, and it gave him great pleasure. And um, we also see that in um, in Romans 8.15, he said, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall again into fear, but rather you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Um, and then it is, uh, I've always understood it, that this adoption is done to um, a biological um, son. I mean, you adopt your own biological son, but when you adopt this biological son, then it becomes like a like a crown prince. You you now make him a prince. Um, you know, all the children are growing, they are all candidates to become the king, but you choose a crown prince by adopting that crown prince. Um, the same way Yeshua was um, adopted when God um, declared publicly that this is my son, a woman well pleased, or this is my son. Yes. I see it's also in the Jewish culture. Um, that's what I wanted to bring out there. That um, it, it, it sounds more like um, a traditional thing in the in the in the Jewish culture. Yes, the the idea of adoption and the idea of the appointed times. Uh, they both have uh, something in the Jewish culture and something in the Greek. But it's not always easy to which one is he referring to when he's referring to the, the Galatians. So yeah, yeah. it could be that it absolutely could be that, and it. Because he also talks about it in Ephesians, because he also talks about it in Romans, it could be exactly that idea. But I'm not, and I and I actually kind of agree. The 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 I also know that there is this other thing in the Roman culture, like okay, and it has an appointed time, uh, and 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 I don't know whether he's talking about that one, because in the in the next couple of verses he also talks about calendars, you know, this idea of what are you doing doing, you know dates and times yeah. and things yeah. yet he yeah. doesn't say the words new moons or sabbaths or festivals or jubilees mm. yeah, okay yeah. because in the greek world they're also got religious calendars and i'm wondering whether mm. they're still doing that uh, that mm. pagan calendar as well and so mm. i'm trying to figure out which one's he talking to is he talking to them about, talking the about stuff, yeah or is he talking to them yeah. about the gentile stuff uh the romans mm. are and or is there a mix? Is there this blend? So I think yeah. what's a good thing is that what Shimshon did is we, we we understand both. We understand that there's two options, and we may as well put them both down, and 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 let Paul speak, and then see which one uh, fits or discusses. A quick question: um, It says in Galatians, as you're talking in Galatians four two three. Yes. Um, it says about the bondage um, under the elements of the world. Yes. Does that relate to Colossians 2.20? Okay. It says, in, wherefore, um, if you be dead under the dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why right. through living in the world are you subject um, to ordinances, taste not, um, touch not, handle not? Is that is that the same they're talking about or is it a different aspect yeah i agree yeah and that was my comment to just a quick little comment it's nothing to discuss but the the the, the analogy would be relevant to jews greeks and romans right because they all had this coming of age ceremony or whatever right so they so could both, understand both jews and greeks had coming of age ceremonies but they had slightly different meanings well 
Yeah. There were some the parallels. Point, the point the is for Paul's the audience, they're all relevant and he can understand them. That's all. That was my only comment. Sure. But no, I totally agree with you, Vita, that that's the analogy there, that it's those laws that somehow we're freed under the laws of do this, do that, do this, do that. And our, and our acceptance to God now is in Christ. Like we're in Christ. We're covered in Christ and acceptable to God in Christ, not in our own merits. It's just a re reiteration of that the whole way through the book, right? Mm -hmm. Aaron, can I ask a question about verse 3? Yes. Uh, I don't think we've moved on from there yet. Paul is generally writing to uh, the uh, Gentile Galatians in this Correct. letter. But yes. the, the we in verse 3 is referring probably predominantly to the Jewish we. And um, is it possible that he's saying that when we were, when we were children, this is before Christ, um, we were perhaps missing the point of Torah. We were missing the point of its grace uh, and its mercy uh, and the covenant to Moses being a, um, a not too dissimilar covenant to the, to the new covenant, which essentially is a, a covenant of grace and mercy. Yeah. Um, I think you're right, I think, Andrew. I think the, the we there is the Jewish people because when Paul talks about the Torah was our guardian and our shield, he is not talking about Gentile. Remember, the Torah, as, as part of the introduction and the stuff that we've been discussing for the last three weeks on Galatians chapter 3, the Torah wasn't given to Gentile. The Torah was only given to Israel. The promise to Abraham was given, A, before Mount Sinai and was a blessing to the Gentiles, to the nations. And so there was this, this, this tension. Well, has the Torah replaced this promise? It's absolutely not. Not possible. And, uh, but, he, but the Torah is the gift to Israel. Matana Torah. They, they received uh, the Torah. The Gentiles, they don't have a clue what's going on. They're worshipping the sun, the moon, the stars. The, having the Torah, remember, as we've discussed before, just because you possess the covenant doesn't mean you don't break it. because as soon as we, we don't even, we don't, Moses can't even get down the mountain before we've already broken it. And even though we break it, doesn't mean people say, okay, that's it. I'm not going to read it anymore. I'm going to, we're all doomed. Um, even, even following the destruction of the temple, Daniel is still praying. He has not stopped being faithful, right? He is not, he is not going to eat pagan food. He's not going to bow down to an idol. Well, why bother? You know, um, uh, but the, 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 the Torah is what brings brings righteousness. So I think you're right, Andrew. The we is referring here to uh, we as the Jewish people, as well as now Gentiles grafted in. But the we definitely includes Jewish people. Yeah. So the we, the Jewish people, have perhaps missed the point and hadn't fulfilled their ob obligation that had come through the Torah as well. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and therefore become enslaved to the elementary principles. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the if you yeah, that was that's always been the, one of the big dangers, isn't it? That even though you have the Torah, you still get tempted away to engage the world in very unhelpful ways and invite all kinds of bad things. In the history of Israel, the the kings and the chronicles are replete with very poor choices. By Israel. Even under the new covenant, there's the, the danger of being 
becoming enslaved to elementary principles. Yeah, even though we have the victory, why is it that some uh, believers can still be, you know, suffer such affliction by the enemy? And uh, you wonder why, but because we have allowed it, we have we ourselves embrace it. Yeah, there's a lot of good learning here. We, we, we really should take it to heart and be very, very careful with what Paul is trying to say. You know, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. Just hearing this again about the, the law, if you go to Acts 15, it keeps coming back into our mind. And I think it's in Acts 15. It, um, it says something about, you know, we, they're told to, that they just need to abstain from pollution of idols, fornication, things strandled and blood and things like that. Yeah. But then the very next verse, it says, for Moses of all times, has in every city them they're preaching, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So yeah. it was expected that the, the Gentiles would be hearing yeah. the, because the Holy Spirit, as they're hearing it, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to them because that law is then yeah. going to be written in a heart. We would, yes, yes, exactly. And um, so they're, they're embracing what God likes and what he doesn't like, which is going to be on it. And the Spirit is going to be this extra special, yeah, extra special seal, extra special guard. Although we also have to acknowledge just because you have the Holy Spirit doesn't make you infallible. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was uh, one of the next lectionaries coming up. King David asks Nathan the prophet, you know, can I go build the temple? And Nathan says, yes, do whatever is on your heart. Like, well, you got that completely wrong, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're both full of the spirit, but boy, you're both no wrong, 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 and uh, gets the correction the night, the next night. But that's a good lesson for us that just because you have the spirit doesn't mean you're perfect. Yeah, we so have to have the word with the spirit. Yeah, yeah, you got to do. Yeah, you got to put the word with the spirit. Make sure that you've got that Torah on your heart, which hopefully will always be guarded by the spirit. Put it into action. Bless the Lord. And, uh, and, we, and we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And um, also to add this, um, having the spirit um, doesn't mean you are always under the unction of the spirit. Uh, um, you can still be yourself, yeah, and walk in your flesh and, um, and uh, you make errors in that place. But um, the unction of the spirit um, can come intermittently even though you have the spirit. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, never a true word has been spoken. Too many people think that because I have freedom in Christ, I really can do whatever I want. Like, wow, no, that is, that is not true. I remember being in um, a certain country, not Israel, and I was asked by a young lady, now that I'm free in Christ, does that mean I can sleep with my boyfriend? Like, uh, no. Like, well, why not? Okay, boy, you know, like I really wish you hadn't asked me this question in front of the church because now you're going to get a really long time to explain. Can I just say no? No, because that would be legalism. My God, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one. Uh, yeah. All right. Where are we up to? Verse four. I mean, there's a lot in this. I mean, he packs so much in each of these sentences. But when the fullness of time had come, now here you go. This is in, in, in a link to the appointed time he had talked about in verse 1. Okay? There was going to be the set time by the Father. There was going to be. And when that set time had come, okay, God sent 
forth his son. This is interesting. Born of a woman, born under the law. Why do you think he has to make those two distinctions? Why does he have to say God has sent his son? But he could have just stopped there. But he doesn't. He deliberately has to say born of a woman, born under, under the law. Okay, so let's try and unpack unpack that. What, do you, what does born of a woman mean or imply? How's that? Because of a seed. Yep. Yep. That single unique seed of Abraham. Okay. Would it show his humanism as well to relate yeah. to us? Absolutely. It would definitely show that Jesus is also a man. And there's this, there's, there's in, the, in the early uh, uh, Jesus movement, you know that this, this um, teaching arose that Jesus wasn't a man, that he was just a divine being. He was just the demiurge or whatever crazy way they were trying to describe God. But Paul, pretty clear, no, 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 wait a second, he's born of a woman, comes out just like everybody else does. Okay. Um, okay, great. Not only that, if, if to add to that, I mean, because you also have in certain strands of Greek philosophy this, uh, this distaste for flesh and humanity. And given that these are, you know, to a group of non-Jewish Gentiles, at least they would be familiar with those ideas, if not yes. raising those ideas themselves within their community. Hmm. Uh, which was the movement that had the disdain for, for the flesh? Aria, help me out. Aria, this was one? a very common uh, Hellenic, uh, not particular to any particular uh, group. They all okay. inherited this. We have from the Greeks the idea that human souls were preexistent, and it trips us up as believers to this very day. Yeah, totally unbiblical. It's the it's very interesting that the one section of Greek philosophy had a disdain for the flesh, and another side it was body beautiful, and they you know are all in the gym and they're all working out, and every statue looks absolutely fantastic. Even when you're 80 years old, you know you're like a goddess, a god. You know, just chiseled stuff. Very interesting how they did it that way. But Paul is very specific that our our seed of Abraham is born of a woman, son of the Lord, and is also born under the law. Why does he say that such a thing? Who's that? I believe he's trying to say that um, the same law that applies to us applied to him. Um, though he's God, but he was born of a woman. That means it became um, what we, um, well, what people call um, um, God incarnate in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And now, even though he's God incarnate in the flesh, he's also subject to the same law that we are subject to. Okay, yep. And when we say subject to the same law, we, we, we mean the same guardianship, uh, custodian. What do you mean by under the same do you mean the same blessings and curses? Do you mean the same uh, law of nature that he's going to die? Which, which way do we mean? God's law. Yeah, I, I think it means all. All um, of them, yeah. means, um, yeah, it means all because it means um, his boots um, in the earth is going to die, and um, apart from him, you know, resurrecting and um, ascending, and also he has to grow. 
um, the Bible says that he learned the things, um, he, he, learned, he learned how to be obedient by the things he suffered. Um, I mean, he has to be seen as a child, you know, he has to be respected, he has to depend on, yeah. uh, on the mom and all this, you know, so yeah. natural laws and, and also um, biblical laws, yeah, he has to keep kosher. <laughs> yeah. He has to do all yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I often wonder, you know, Jesus casts the demons into the pigs and they all run down and drown. And as he's wandering back to the boat, he's like, well, that was such a waste, you know, but you know, I've actually never tasted that, so I don't really know. So uh, who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, the answer to that, Aaron, is if it had been kosher meat, he would have said no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think two things to add to that is, one, you know, with being under the law, given that he's talked about the we, being under the law with, I yeah. think, specifically Jewish believers, there's uh, identifying who Jesus is, you know, with uh, of whose people was he born of. But okay. given... Ah, relationship... so basically uh, a sig classification that is Jewish. Yeah. But okay. also he's made the argument that people were under the pedagogy of the law, you know, okay. until the appointed time. And if Jesus is under the law until that appointed, until the time when the heir would come in, that makes him the heir of all the promises that were also in the Torah as a man born under the woman under the law. Okay. Yep. Yep. Very good. Very good. All righty. Um, I watched, uh, I was watching The Chosen. You guys have seen The Chosen, have you? Anyone? Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. nice. So yeah. got the Arabic version and I was watching it with um, Lady that Gloria. And um, Jesus gets tired and, you know, he's doing miracles and it takes energy. And uh, at the end of the show, uh, Jesus walks to his tent and he's exhausted. And he just, he just sort of looks at his disciples and he says, good night. Uh, he doesn't talk to them. He has, no, he has no great teaching. He doesn't sit by the fire with a big smile on his face or, or all the stuff he's been doing regularly throughout the show. He just, you can see he's exhausted. He's just about to collapse. He almost can't even make it to his tent. <laughs> his mother takes his robe off and starts washing his feet. And she's like, what? No, he God. He can't get tired. No, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, I'm in too much conundrum right now. It's like, no, it's like, and I was trying to say, the man. No, he no man. He both. It's like, I know, it's, it's really hard to describe, you know. You've either got God or you've got a man. And, and from her Islamic background, that's really hard to put together. You know? um, yeah. We believe it. I know you do. And, but it, it's, you gotta, it's hard to think about. And I, and, and I, after talking with her about it, I thought, yeah, it is hard to think about. You know, Jesus actually physically getting really tired. Like he was, you know, exhausted. This is a crucial issue for us to understand God's call, high calling to human beings. And if we cannot apprehend that Christ Jesus of Nazareth was a full human being, we cannot apprehend the highness and the sublimity of our calling in him as human beings. Unpack that for me, Arie. Is that okay? Just, just we, in case people are listening. Well, <laughs> we missed out on our New Testament uh, truths in many ways. And we, we overlook 
these co-words, co-heirs, co-inheritors, adopted sons and daughters, uh, partners, uh, co-sufferers. We miss that out as well. All of these things we have introduced into as Christ in full partnership in God's family, and we cannot apprehend and carry out that high calling if we overlook the fact that Jesus was a full human, perfect human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we so. are co- we are co-creators. We create other human beings. Yes. We uh, we exercise the faith of God, and we say to mountains to be moved into the sea. And in the faith, God's faith, it happens. We haven't arrived there, but we are invited into all these things as a result of Jesus' humanity. Yep. So moving on to verse five: born of a woman, man, human, born under the law. Jewish, under, under, under the custodianship, the guardianship, just like us, born under the law to redeem from the law, born under the guardianship to become part of the, the seed of the promise that is in the Torah, to be, to, to be the telos, the goal, to redeem, to redeem. All of this is so that he can redeem those who were under the law. Well, who's that? everyone like he's referencing back don't you think uh, chapter 3 verse 12 you know the law is not based on faith on the contrary it says the person who does these things will live by them christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written first is everyone hung on a tree like the concept that we're freed from so now it's by faith not by again it's just the overarching principle of the whole book you know there's multiple levels of this who's actually under the law who's the law given to um, Aaron, in my, in my in my translation, Tree of Life version, it it doesn't put the definite article before the law. It, before law, it just says um, for um, born of woman and born under law to free those under law, or we might receive the adoptions of sons. So it just used under law, but not under the law. Okay. I, I don't know if your translation has the um, before the. Law. My definition, my, my translation has definite articles. What does the Greek say? REA? Does the- there's no there's no explicit uh, definite article, but it, it's uh, pretty well implied, I believe, and that happens often in Greek. Okay, so it can go. I guess it can go kind of either way. The, the um, but but just just to be clear, the Greek doesn't have a definite article in this case. Okay, so to redeem, so redemption. All right. Those who were under the law. Who are those? This is where it gets very interesting because remember, who who is given the Torah? Israel. Who's not given the Torah? Gentiles. Who do people? Yeah, we keep trying to get. It's like, well, hang on a second. Gentiles not supposed to. We're given the Torah anyway. So remember, who's Paul? There's this very interesting discussion. Who are you talking to, Paul? Right. Then the so, blessing, right? I'll jump in for a second. Then the blessing can come to all of us right now. So it can come to the Gentiles and the Jews, even though we quote unquote didn't receive the law. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that they by faith might receive the promise of the spirit. So we still can receive the promise of the spirit, even though we didn't quote unquote receive the Torah. Right. This is one of the most amazing things about the grace of God is that Gentiles get to be grafted in, right? That whole Romans thing. 
It's like um, the, the Jews are also adopted. But they were already the natural sons as well. Well, yes, but also adopted, which goes back to what you shared, Shimshon, in the, uh, the coming of age ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because um, the, 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 the child, even though it's a biological father and son, he becomes adopted by the father and becomes like the crown prince. So we all become this crown prince for God, and um, both Jews and Gentiles. And I, 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 will, I would like to say that it is that place of the crown prince that becomes the one human. And, and just to put the icing on the cake, it actually has... In rabbinic literature, okay, well, not remember, rabbinic literature can be quite late, so it can be a couple hundred years after this. But the point is, even in even in the rabbinic literature, in the classic Jewish writing, they're also saying, even though Israel is called a son of God, and it is, okay, sonship is defined by behavior, not birth. No, by faith. Eh? By receiving a spirit, not by behavior. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's start with the rabbinic literature. Okay, they, they was, that what, what they're saying is sonship is defined by behavior, not birth. That not is, birth. just because you're born Jewish doesn't mean you're automatically going to be good and be great and, and get to heaven. Okay? Just, just by having blood means nothing. Now, faith as we have discussed, is not a belief. Faith is faithfulness. It is also an action. Those two things go together. You don't sit by faith. You walk by faith. If you think it's just a belief, then demons are doing really well. But they're not. (laughs) And so they, it, 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 it's not works righteousness. Do not put me on that. However, faith is a verb and obedience does come a part of it. There are lots of verses that talk about obedience. But the point here is, is that sonship, even in the rabbinic world, wasn't defined by blood. Okay? And uh, people do. People make it about blood. They say, you know, we're, we're better than you and you're worse than me and Samaritans are terrible. and you know, uh, uh, all kinds of horrible racism, which doesn't seem to go away, right? all over the world, where, which, is, which is terrible. But, um, but, but Paul is even saying here, come on, even Jewish people, get a, we get adopted too, okay? You know, Messiah came for us too, okay? We, were, we had the Torah. The Torah was our guardian pointing to the Messiah. Of course it was. And now that we're here, goes on our hearts it's not disappearing um and we also get this beautiful thing called the adoption we also get redeemed right god is making a new covenant with the house of israel okay of course he has to that's what jeremiah said and uh, so to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons and the we is both Jews and Gentiles, we're both being grafted into this thing. And because you are sons, now he goes a bit more expressive. Now he's talking to the Gentile Galatians specifically, not doing the we. Okay? Because you are now sons, okay, you are now part of being declared by God to be part of him. 
and be part of his kingdom. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, everything into our hearts, crying Abba Father. Not just saying Abba Father, not just declaring Abba Father, but rather quite an emotive, um, descriptive word. This impassive, very emotional uh, way of, of, of talking. So you're no longer a slave. Woo-hoo. Remember, back to the original motive. Heirs were, were, until the appointed time was done, they were the same as slaves. They were also the same as women, by the way. We were all good there. Um, that was just a thing back then. That was 2,000 years ago. Not then. Um, so you were no longer a slave, but you are a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. God is the guy doing the whole shebang. It's, uh, it's not something that we have achieved on our own. Okay? It's uh, through, through the Lord. So verse 8, formerly when you did not know God, so again, we're now definitely talking to Gentiles here because there's no way we could talking to Jews about this. This is when you didn't know uh, God. You were enslaved to those that are by nature not gods. Again, this, discuss, this talks about um, this very dark world that even though they're just statues, Paul does say there's demons behind them. A very dark world, uh, enslavement by the angel of darkness. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, so there's this um, interesting relationship. It's quite wonderful to be known by him, and I guess also at the same time quite frightening <laughs> because he knows us. You know, uh, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Um, there might be things we might want to hide from him, even hide from ourselves, but we can't and probably shouldn't. There, the point, too, it reemphasizes the point, too, that it's God-directed versus us-directed, you know? Yeah. We are known by him. He has known us, known for the foundations of the world. And it's not that Paul is saying something derogatory towards the Gentiles, uh, Galatians, but he is describing this idea that the, 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 the Gentiles were formerly worshipping the sun, the moon, the stars. Their gods were not real, obviously, but behind them is a rather elemental power which does exist and uh, it's, it's quite frightening and um, so now that you've come to know God or rather be known to him how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental principles of the world so they're turning back to the the weak elemental principles of the world the things that are as as Arya had mentioned before and a few of us they're back towards their had pagan roots okay now, why would they be doing such a thing? Whose slaves do you want to be once more? What, what, what is he actually talking about? What is, what is happening to these, these Galatians? Legalism. They've turned aside from a heart relationship and direct communication to God to the habitual uh, list of rules that they're used to and came out of previously. And, and also potentially what else? Ceremonial Judaism. Could be. What else? Legalism and not of faith. Yeah, worthless elemental principles of the world. 
which is the same thing that they were before, right? That was what the Torah was guarding you from. Okay, so it's not just legalism. There's there also is an enticement to something else as well. Okay, it's um, why are you going back to worthless elemental principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days, months, and seasons and years. I'm afraid I've labored in vain. And that days, months, seasons, and years, some commentaries will say, okay, well, that's the Jewish calendar. Well, if that's true, why is Paul trying to get to Passover in, in Acts in mm -hmm. Jerusalem? And why hasn't he used the word Sabbath, Jubilee, mm -hmm. New Moon? Mm -hmm. okay. Which it could be because of the leaders of wherever they live. Well, in Galatians, like they would have to follow whatever the the cultic practices of of that of that nation of that country so he would have he would have said you know sabbath festivals and they're just i mean they're, they've come into the they've come into the family so it wouldn't be going back to their to the idolatry you know the 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 whole background of the, of the idolatry but every every culture today uh, has a lot of you know, pay, not a lot. Like we have friends in the Amazon, uh, missionaries. That there's just so many pagan, cultic, yep. like sacrificial things that they now, as believers, you know, indigenous believers, they they don't do that. But in the society where they're at, it's it's a stronghold. So syncretism, syncretism yeah. can be quite dangerous. It can be quite innocent and quite and and. Um, but Christianity does look different in different countries. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of Christians take this verse and they say, oh, then that means, you know, trash out, trash the festivals and the Sabbath and this and that, right. because, that's, you know, and it's not that it's actually whatever cultic practices that are involved in that particular region or area. And uh, that I, I believe in my, you know, from what I understand that it seems to be that situation. Well, that it's, it's, I think it's a bit of both, you know, syncretism is, um, it, it becomes quite interesting when you read some of the different commentaries. You go, well, why doesn't Paul just say Shabbat? Why doesn't he say festivals? But if he does say that, why does he then do the opposite in the book of Acts? Well, why doing them and then defining your salvation by them are two different things, right? Well, that's true. If the Torah is on your heart, what does that also mean is on your heart? It's Moedim. <laughs> yeah, God's festivals. It's so uh, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus. I am. You know what? Love the Sabbath. Does just because I happen to enjoy the Sabbath, does that mean I'm not a follower of Jesus? Does that mean I'm a better follower of Jesus? Does that mean I'm working my way towards heaven? Got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Who's bewitched you, Aaron? <laughs> Who's bewitched me? Yeah, I know. Absolutely horrible. You know, I better go down and confess to this uh, Muslim lady that I've been keeping Shabbat. And she'll probably go, What the heck? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, uh, it, it's a it's it's a very interesting thing. Who is he actually talking about? Is there actually some syncretism going on? And I've got a feeling there might be a little syncretism going on with this community as well. Just like you see in a lot of uh, Christianity around the world, and I'm sure in Brazil, you probably get to see a lot of it. Yeah, the we have the the Catholic Church. Well, a lot of but in, in general, a lot of uh, like Catholic friends of ours. If they if it, if they go. And they don't get answers, then they'll go to the spiritists. So that's yeah, they they'll do and, the spirit. And, and we uh, do yeah. it here in the West, but we do it even more subtle. Yeah. 
Right. So we we awesome. take yeah. we take we take Christianity and we blend things like social justice, psychology. Yes, and you people go what everything God does is justice. That's what Deuteronomy says. All God's ways are justice. No adjectives. Just everything is justice. So why do we now have to start talking about this other thing? Why is it we now have to start? Yeah, and we begin to lose, we begin to actually replace the gospel with something else. And it's dangerous. It's not correct. It's, uh, and it's certainly not liberating. It certainly hasn't freed you from um, uh, the curse. In fact, you're binding yourselves to more laws. There's suddenly so many new things now you can and can't do. So many new things you can and can't say. And, uh, and it doesn't matter, you know, Christ hasn't set you free from anything. What you've done is just packed on the, the rules. And uh, it's really, really very disappointing. So, Erin, I can understand what she's saying, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but when you take into context Galatians and how he started criticising what's just happened with regard to to these Galatians being with the Jewish people and then going into eating and then later circumcision. And then in, even in verse 20 of chapter 4, it says, um, uh, 21, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? This whole book to me really is focusing more on the Jewish, they're going back to to not just being in faith, but going back to where the Jewish people were doing with regard to, I've got to follow this feast, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, do this. This, to me, is the context of Galatians, more about the practices that they were getting. They were putting aside faith again in Christ and going to these practices and practices in the Jewish way because they just converted, in a sense, convert, and now people were trying to really fully convert them into Judaism right. in the way it was practiced right. there. And, right. and to me, that's why I'm saying it's, it's, yeah, I understand what you're saying about going back to paganism, but I don't see that in the context okay. of the book. Not, not a problem, Vida, and, and I can buy that argument too, but only to the point that the next day they're going to go back and they're still going to read the Torah. Absolutely. And when they, and when they get to Leviticus, they're still going to see a religious calendar. Absolutely. And they're still going to know he, that, that, yeah. And so they're still going to probably celebrate Passover. That's, they're still going to do that. And, um, and, and, right. uh, but and so. But they, but they wrongly think, Aaron, that that's going to justify them clearly, or he wouldn't be saying you don't need these things to be justified. Potentially, potentially, or it could be the antagonists are saying, or it could be that they're also got some syncretism going on because, right, the, the previous thing was, why are you going back to the worthless elemental principles of the world, which was the demons? Torah isn't demonic. I think no, but I think the secret is is kind of enmeshed in this whole concept of being redeemed under the curse of the law. There's something going on there that's the bondage of it. I'm having to. I've got to do the Sabbath. If I, if for yeah. some reason I, I'm not. It's a bad example of the Sabbath because I, I agree with you. If you if you delight in the Sabbath, do it. Do it unto the Lord. If you don't do the Sabbath and you don't do it unto the Lord, as long as your heart is right. But the, the for, for a Gentile. But the thing is, if you go under that bondage, I have to do this, yeah. and then I have to do that, and I have to, I have to. You're but, losing but, faith in what Christ has done right. for you. But they're not doing it for salvation. 
what are the what is the issue affecting the Galatians? It's, Justification. It's also boundaries. Uh, mm, I don't think as it's, much as what she's saying. It, they, he is. The God-fearers believe in Jesus. Right. Yes? Right on. Right. So the God-fearers do not have to become Jews to get saved. Huh. That is not the issue. The issue is God-fearers are not treated the same and don't have the same status as Jews. And Paul is saying there are no Jews and Greeks. The, the issue is because of the Messiah, that whole distinction has changed. There is no separation anymore. Everybody Agreed. is exactly Agreed. the same. And, and he's so, actually right because we have been grafted in. It's yeah. not that there's no separation. We've actually been grafted into. It's got, and it's got nothing to do with, like, Gentile God-fearers have, are never once being told you're not saved. No, but Paul's just discussing here, okay, like why. So I am a, a, a son of Abraham because I've been grafted in, like he just saying, we've been grafted into the yes, overall absolutely. Family. You have exactly the same social standing as Jewish people, as now, males and females. They're not, all exactly the same. Right. Slaves so the, and free, they're all exactly the same. Right. So the question I think is how, harassment going on. By what we, but by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the point of the whole world. There was some harassment going on from the Judaizers that uh, some of the Greeks decided, well, you know, it was a lot easier. They didn't bug us when we just did our own thing. So I'm going back to the old thing. It could be. It's, it's, that, it's that people are saying it's not that you're not saved. It's that you now have to do. Aaron, and I would suggest that we need to be careful also to say that there were no demonic activities associated with Torah observance because both the prophet Amos and uh, Stephen the martyr said that the people of Israel in the wilderness were sacrificing to Assyrian and, uh, and uh, Egyptian gods. And he was referring to the sacrifices outside the tabernacle. Right, right, right. Outside the tabernacle, but not to God. Yeah. They, it was a matter of their heart. If they were not actively engaged with the true God of Israel in, the, in those sacrifices, they become demonic uh, activities. Agreed. Yeah, right, 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 right. But that's not to say that the, the, that the high priest Aaron, who's in the tabernacle, is, is, is sacrificing to a demon. He's not. It's no. the state of his heart. And we trust that his heart was right, but we don't know each and every time we weren't there. Right yeah. on, right on. So that's what I agree with. Like, for they are not all Israel, Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children of, because of, that they are of the seed of Abraham. So in other words, we are children. So those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed, right? So right. we've been grafted in. We're, so not all Israelites or not all Jews are children of promise. Even though they have the Torah, Aaron, if they don't have that faith, no, that's not what. That's not what. Yes, the 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 Torah is the Torah and is given to Israel. The Torah itself says there's going to be a promise to Abraham. It's going to bless all nations. The the new covenant is also with the house of Israel, and so you've got the 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 Messiah is for the Jewish people first, and also for Gentiles. Okay, that we're not. I'm not I'm not going to not to say that. Okay. Um, Jews are no longer not Jews. They are Jews. 
and God still loves them, wants to redeem them, but they have to have the Messiah. Right. Like everybody does. They have and to have once, faith in the Messiah. Yeah, or faith, the faith in the Messiah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But um, the and once once the key, the community is created, Jews or Gentiles, we have exactly the same social standing with each other. There's no it's, need. It doesn't matter our social standing. It's talking about our standing before God in this chapter in this book. That's the same thing, Sharon. Um, yeah. It does. Gentile Jewish believer, the Gentile God fearer believes in the messiah he is saved the next guy in the synagogue sitting next to him is a jew who also believes in the messiah and is also saved somebody else comes along and goes okay i know the difference between jews and gentiles and we've always had the difference between jews and gentiles and jews are always supposed to be a distinct people that's what the torah says and we're meant to be a light to the nations and if you want to be just the same as us you get circumcised and you do all this stuff. And Paul's coming on going, what? Who made up this kind of rubbish? No, Gentiles are great. You were doing absolutely fantastic as Gentiles. You, were, you already knew that you were off worshiping the sun, the moon, and the stars. Now you believe in God. Now you've got uh, the Holy Spirit. Miracles are happening. Who's telling you now you now need to add something extra? Exactly. No one's adding any, anything extra. But the, but the point is you'll still read the Torah next Saturday. And, yeah. uh, and in that Torah, which is now meant to be on your heart, you'll see issues, things like get circumcised. Well, who's he talking to? He's talking to Jews. You know, you'll have these festivals. We've got these, these, these incredible festivals. Well, what is that? That's actually God's timeline. You don't have to do it to, to earn your salvation, but it's still God's timeline. It's still God's heart. It's still his ethics and his, his morals and his things. So it's still horribly important. Aaron, to, to, to just a little word in here, it, you know what, what absolutely, like, it's amazing because um, Thanksgiving, you know, for Americans, Thanksgiving, I don't know what the holidays would be in other countries, New Year's Eve, Christmas, those are not uh, holidays that are in the, you know, Mother's Day, you know, Valentine's Day, and 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 we celebrate them, and, and many of these are good traditions, but nobody Birthdays says, are a great tradition. Nobody says, you know, a word about and then, then you get to, I mean, those many, you know, Thanksgiving. I mean, it's it's beautiful, but uh, nobody says a word about a you know a gentile or whatever following Thanksgiving. But then when you get to these the Moadim, the festivals, it's always such an issue. People do New Year's Eve, you know, and that's uh, and it's just amazing how it just creates such yeah. a. It's, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, I know. I, I was in. Um, we had a Shoresh group, uh, which is a one of the ministries of CMJ. We had this lovely group of uh, tourists that were coming in, and as part of their experience in Israel, we we do a Seder dinner, which is a teaching way of describing the Passover and how Yeshua uses the elements in the Passover to teach and to describe. And there was this young couple who um, got a big stink, and they didn't go, didn't want to join. And uh, the guide come, asked me to go and talk to them. So I sat down with him and said, is everything okay? And uh, I hear you're, you're, not, you're really disparaging, you know, your brothers and sisters for sitting down and having a, a Passover meal. And uh, he just looked at me and he goes, well, we're, we're New Testament Christians. Said, okay. <laughs> Silence. And I'm sort of like waiting, you know, like probably waiting for me to say something. And I'm like waiting for them to say something. He goes, so you said it again. We're New Testament Christians. And I said, okay. You should probably go to your room then. 
you're obviously not going to get a lot out of this. So I really don't recommend you you uh, you, you come tonight, which is a real shame because I think you're going to miss out on some really good teaching. Uh, but he was disparaging his brothers and sisters for for um, celebrating Passover. It wasn't actually Passover. They were just doing a teaching. Well, well, he probably gets that from Galatians, right? Because like even Galatians 5, 3, like. Who knows like, where he gets it from? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that he's a debtor to keep the whole law. So, do you think that that Jews should be circumcised as Messianic believers in there? Do I think Jews should be circumcised? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes. So, what about chapter five then, in Galatians? So, tell me why did Paul circumcise Timothy? I have no idea. Okay, fair enough. Says like this is what because it's a commandment. It's forever. This is a sign to Abraham forever. It's in between Genesis 12 and Genesis 18, where God gives a promise to, um, to the nations. But it is a, a circumcision signed covenant forever. I, wouldn't, uh, I would never tell a Jew not to get circumcised, ever. Okay, I wouldn't so tell a Gentile that he has to either. Okay, taken. I, I take your point. So then why in Galatians 5, 6 does he say, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love? Yeah, that's the whole point. It's got nothing to do with your social standing, whether you're a Gentile or a Jew. But that doesn't mean that there aren't Gentiles or Jews. No. Okay, but, but go back. Okay, go back to verse 2. Sorry. So, indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. He's taking it a step further. Yes, and we're talking about that. Gentiles, not Jews. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. What you told me, you asked me, a Messianic Jew. I would tell, if a Messianic Jew had a son, I would say, well, you should probably circumcise. I wouldn't say, don't do that. So the entire Galatians churches are all, there's no Jews there? There are Jews, but we're not talking to the Jews. We're he, talking yeah, to he's the writing Gentiles. this letter to all those Galatians. May I just say, may I just interject? But Sharon, for, for me, it's not about doing these things. You can keep the Sabbath. You can, I mean, even as a Gentile, some people, like Aaron, he loves to keep the Sabbath. It's a blessing for him. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there are shadows and pictures of Christ. So when you're doing it, as long as your faith is in Christ, as Paul says, whether you keep it or if you don't keep it as a Gentile, as long as you don't lose the fact that it's all about the Messiah, what Christ has done for you. They all point to Christ. They're all about Christ. These are all things. And as a Jewish person, how beautiful it must be to be able to do these feasts and celebrate the Messiah in it. I mean, it must be just so really with that full understanding. It must be beautiful. So I don't think there's something wrong in doing it. Yeah. But it's just well, as long as it's Christ is the center. Right. But the thing is, Paul goes on to say that, you know, you have, so I, and a, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have he become not talking from Jews. Please remember his audience. His audience is Gentiles that he's talking about who are being compelled to be circumcised, not Jews. So why wouldn't the same principle apply? You there have is, become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. As long as it's clear in their mind that they're not going to be justified by doing all these things. None of the, okay, Sharon, no, Gentile, you forgot, you've actually forgotten Galatians chapter 2, where Paul, who is circumcised, talks to Peter, who is circumcised, and says, we Jews know that we're not justified by the Torah. But that means, so they, whether they got circumcised does not mean they get justified. They got circumcised because they were commanded to get circumcised. 
Okay. Okay. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. Neither you're all one in Christ. So it's yes. We've we've already been through this. Yes, we are all one in Christ. But guess what? You're a woman. I'm pretty sure you are, and uh, you're a Canadian. You haven't changed. You're still going to be a woman after Jesus. And you're still going to be a Canadian after Jesus. And uh, and but we're talking about your social standing within the community. We're all counted the same. But that doesn't mean just because you now believe in Jesus, all of a sudden your social economic status changes. If you're poor, you're poor. Now that you believe in Jesus, you're still poor. And you're still going to have to get a job to pay the bills. Well, that's fine. But it's just that if I were to become a Messianic Jew, I don't think I would need Why to. Why would you want to become a Messianic Jew? No, no, one's telling no, you. no, no, no. Sorry. If a person became a Messianic Jew who was a Jew before and then they started to believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, they don't have to circumcise their kids. Is that right? No, he's Jewish. Okay. Yeah, he's Jewish. He hasn't become non-Jewish. Thank you for listening. Our sermons and Bible studies are on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Sermons can also be found on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook for alerts on live streams. If you are blessed by these teachings, please prayerfully consider giving toward the work of Christchurch. Visit ChristchurchJerusalem.org. Blessings from the City of the Great King.